Hello and welcome. We are coming to you from the world famous Masquerade Bar at the Rio. The Rat Pack concert has ended about an hour ago and everybody is just gathered here for last goodbyes and to share memories with old friends and for new friends that they made. Let, let's mingle and see and get people's thoughts on the convention. Okay, sir, if you can introduce yourself and tell us your thoughts about the convention this year. Hello, everybody. My name's Sean Mooney. I've come all the way from Liverpool in the UK. This is my sixth uh, convention uh, in a row here at Star Trek Las Vegas. I love coming here every year for the simple reason, as everybody here knows, we are all one big family. Uh, that is the most important thing uh, with Star Trek is that we are, we are, are a collective consciousness. We are all here for each other in any way, shape or form. Uh, and that is, is exactly what I do every single year. This year has been incredible for me. Uh, I put on an event um, on Thursday night up in the Voodoo Lounge here in the Rio. Um, and I, I organized the event within 48 hours. Um, I had o uh, over 100 people, more like 150 people turn up. Um, everybody absolutely loved it. They want it bigger and better for next year. It's inspired me to come back. Um, I was on the fence about coming next year. I'm not anymore. I'm going to do everything I can to be here again next year to put on this event. I had at least half a dozen new people up there who said it's their very first ever convention. It's their very first time in Las Vegas. Uh, they all said that it made their convention, which is incredibly moving and touching for me. I've had so many people come up with so many positive comments and feedback on that event. And, it, it, and it, it, to see all those smiles, all the happiness, the joy that it's brought people, um, it's really been so inspirational for me and a huge motivator um, and has gave me newfound confidence in my own abilities and this is exactly what Star Trek does it gives people hope it gives people a new sense of being and it gives people that sense of, of optimism and a better future and we cannot ask for anything more especially in the times that we live in at the moment so the only thing that's left for me to say everybody is keep on rocking and live long and prosper Thank you, Sean. Okay, so ma'am, if you can introduce yourself and share your thoughts on the, the convention. Carl Urban wasn't here. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But we had Jason Isaacs. Carl Urban. Okay. So, sir, if you can introduce yourself and give everyone oh, your... Oh, I'm getting interviewed. I'm getting interviewed. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to give you an exclusive Hold on. Hold on, listening audience. Hold on! So, Robert Reyes, you are getting an exclusive interview with the hosts of Disco Trek and Shore Leave. The managing partners of the Tricorder Transmission Network. Ask away. What were your thoughts on the convention this year? It sucked. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was great. It was great. What, what else can you say? What else can you say? It's STLV. What can you say? She's gun shy. I'm not gun shy. I, um, I, I've had a revelation this year for myself. Um, and I'll talk more about that probably in short leave or something. But 
I think I am most proud of, well, my highlights, whatever, would be A, our tricorder birthday bash. Um, I got my dream wish of having it in a private suite so that it was intimate and had our family there and we had a really great turnout um, and so many of my most favorite people. So that was great. We gave away a lot of stuff. We had tons of giveaways. Um, and then our Night of Diversity party. Um, we got a lot of really positive feedback and I think some of the most important feedback was that uh, several people um, with, with disabilities were not able to go to other parties, but because we had this at the Rio, it was accessible for them, and that means the world to me. I mean, that party was centered towards just being a, a safe space for everyone. You know, it's not of diversity. It, it was it was a bit centric to the LGBT community and our our raffle donation. We raised like twenty five hundred dollars wow. to go to two different charities um, but to get that reinforcement that we provided a place for for literally everyone um, that was powerful for me being somebody that struggles with chronic pain and, and a disability herself like that was a big deal so those were my highlights and and hearing from many of our new group members in the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group that I mean yay like Surely, if one-on-one series helped them, but but that they 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 came here and they found that family and camaraderie. Anyone who knows me knows that that's number one on my list. So that was great, and I mean, that's not counting Patrick Stewart coming back, you know, Picard coming back, having the discovery people here. But anyone who knows me knows that it's not about the celebrities; it's about our friends. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna make our way down onto the casino floor. Hi. How are you? I'm good. So I'm just in, uh, going around interviewing people, so we can let everybody know who you are, who you are, and your thoughts on the convention. I'm Bobby Neeling, and my thoughts on the convention was I have had an amazing time. I got to meet Tim from Sons of Anarchy. He gave me his private email, so, you know. Um, people ask me for pictures, which never happens. And I almost ran over Marina Sirtis with my scooter. Well, in all fairness, she probably had it coming. <laughs> and I'm just having a blast. Having a blast. Okay. Thank you, Bobby. Aw, you're welcome, sweetheart. Are you having a good time? Always. How is the Rat Pack? That's fun. I love it. It's that's one of the highlights of my time here. So old school just makes me smile and giggle and tap my toes. And be awesome. I'm gonna leave you. Have a good time. All right. Thank you. Remember, sir. drink responsibly. Hello, so I'm just walking around asking people their thoughts on the convention. You can just introduce yourself and let, give, let everyone know what you thought. Oh yeah, I'm Frank Sanchez. I absolutely enjoyed this year. It was, uh, it was a different experience having Discovery kind of settled in. New fans, uh, new, new characters, new actors. Absolute blast. Yeah. 
And you, ma'am? I'm Amanda Peach, and I've had a fantastic time this year, as always. Um, big highlight has to be we were out in the um, just outside of the convention space, and we heard this roar of sound. So we went in, and it was Patrick Stewart announcing that he is having a new show, reprising his role. Uh, totally unexpected and super exciting. So Wait, you could hear it outside the convention area? Well, just outside, you know, where the... Um, Smokers play. Yeah, we were inside of the building, okay. but that's where we heard the roar. Wow. Super, super exciting, yeah. Definitely a big highlight and a surprise this year. You saved that to the cloud, right? That got saved to the cloud? <laughs> Sir, can you introduce yourself and give everyone your thoughts on the convention? I'm Michael and um, I just love this convention. Came 10 years, one off, and I'm still coming. And you meet so many good friends. Some of them get married to other people, but we don't mind that. But yeah, this is a great place. If you ever want to come to a convention, this is a good one to come to. Okay, thank you, Michael. All right, so we're wandering the bar area again. Oh, Rob's on the, on, on the interviews again. Yeah, so I'm just going around asking people if they can introduce your, themselves and give their thoughts on the convention. Uh, well, my name's Nate, I'm from Sydney, Australia, and uh, thank you for interviewing me tonight, Robert. Um, I think this one was probably the best one I've ever been to because I think that moment with Patrick Stewart, we're, we're never going to forget that. We're going to remember that we were here for that moment. Um, I think it's the best news in the Star Trek franchise for about 20 years, and uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I was so happy I was there in the auditorium when Patrick Stewart came out. So you were there? Yep. So what was it like when Kirschman says, I need, I'm going to have my friend do it for me, and the doors open? As soon as I saw that shiny, bald head, I just thought, he's back. Because the rumors have been you know, flying for a few weeks that Captain Picard will be back. And as soon as I saw his face, I like, that's it. We've got a new, rebooted TNG, and proper Star Trek is back. But the real Star Trek is back. And, um, so wait, you're not a fan of Discovery? Oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. I, I love Discovery, but I... I I, I want to see the franchise go forward. I'm, I, 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 I think I've, I've had enough prequels. And I, I want to I see things progress. I mean, we had that wonderful universe, uh, the 24th century, uh, three TV shows. I want to know what happened after Nemesis, and we're going to find that out now. So that's going to be that's going to be great. It, it was just a really special day. Well, what's going to happen? And he's he's going to visit Q in the Continuum. And Q's going to tell him they're foreclosing the continuum. So then he's got to get the band back together to raise the latinum to save the continuum. I hope so. I hope the band gets back together. I hope that the first season's about getting all the old crew back together. I want to see all of the main cast back. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Well, I wonder who else they're going to have because we never got this other than Nemesis... We never got to see Janeway and Picard interact. Well, I mean, this is the great thing, and this is why I think this is such a great decision to bring the 24th century back into it, because you've got three casts ready to, you know, join in whenever needed. They could bring in anybody. I, it's going to be a massive show, and um, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Well, well, you're just, you'll probably be seeing it on Netflix. 
Uh, no, in Australia we're going to have um, uh, CBS All Access as well. That's, that's really? starting in Australia in yeah uh, next few months, I think. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix currently, but okay. I believe the plan is to get it all onto um, CBS in Australia. Then you will know our pain. <laughs> it's not pain to pay for Patrick Stewart. No, I, 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 I'd pay to re see him read the phone book. Yeah, so would I actually. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Rob. Okay, good to talk to you, Nate. So, if you can introduce yourself and give your thoughts on the convention. Hi, this is Heather. Uh, my thoughts at the convention are it was pretty fantastic. Uh, it's my third time, and it's been different than the first two times as far as really getting to hang out with the fans and everything and uh, really get to be a part of the community and stuff. I didn't really get to do that. It's also my first time coming here alone and I was a little apprehensive about that at the, at the beginning. But like I said, you meet people, you hang out with people. It's really great. Um, I really enjoyed the panels. I thought that they were pretty good and yeah, pretty happy. Thank you, Heather. Let me give you my card. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm just walking. I'm good. Thank you. I'm just walking around asking people to introduce themselves and give their thoughts on the convention this year. Not me. I'm not the right one. Okay. <laughs> I'm Natasha. Hi, Natasha. I'm Robert. Hi, it's nice to meet you. The convention was a blast. I missed a lot of it because it was a lot of makeup changes for my personal self. Okay, what cosplays were you doing this year? Andorian and Andorian, like two days in a row. Wearing the TOS outfit? Yes, I was okay. in the TOS and then I was also, I was red TOS and blue TOS. That was you? Okay. Yep, that was me. Also, and I have to fix my hair. <laughs> But it was a really, really, really great time. I had so much fun. And I'm so glad it's still going on Sunday night, even though it's over. It's not yeah. over. Was this your first STLV? No, this is my sixth. Wow. Yep, this is my sixth. Okay. I, I will get there later. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to like 20, hopefully. Okay. And then you get the gold watch. <laughs> well, thank you. Let me give you my card. Thank you much, honey. It's okay. I know. Hello. Hello. Have we met before? No. Okay. I'm Robert. Let me give you my card. Hello, Robert. Hi, Robert. Okay. And you get a card. Thank and you. you get a card. All right. All right. All right. I'm raised. So I'm just. Going around asking people to introduce th themselves and give their thoughts on the convention. Well, I'm John. I had a great time. Uh, we've, we've been here since uh, we came into town on Friday. We didn't do the convention until Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Had an amazing time. Loved the Rat Pack performance tonight. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It was also great bumping in all the folks here, um, checking out the cosplay and stuff. We had a lot of fun with that. And uh, I got to give a shout out to the STLV Craft Swap group. Um, because we uh, bumped into them at Quark's Bar, we were just having a drink, but they were doing their exchange, and uh, we were interested, they were nice enough to include us, 
and uh, they had some amazing pieces. It's a great thing if you're interested in the uh, the craft swap group. Check it on Facebook. Maybe get involved. Um, it's a nice way to exchange souvenirs, but also do a homemade thing. Uh, Victoria made this amazing Horgon um, charm pendant, and uh, some folks made some amazing coasters and and all kinds of great stuff. So. It's, it's been a lot of fun. We uh, Who did we meet uh, celebrity-wise? Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, yeah, we got to do the Jonathan Frakes photo in the 10 Forward Lounge. That was a lot of fun. Great dude. He was very nice. So had a lot of fun. Um, and we're excited to come back next year. Was this your first STLV? Our, first our second. second. Uh, okay. We're going to be back next year. Are you going to do all five days next year? We're hoping to. Yes, that is our goal. we got to make sure the time off from work works. But... Uh, yeah, we want to do five days next year. It was so much fun. Okay, thank you very much. Thank Cheers, you. sir. Thank you. So I'm just going around interviewing people. If you can introduce yourself and give your thoughts on the convention. Jean-Luc Picard is back. I mean, that... I have to say, I can't think of any other convention moment that could top Patrick Stewart coming out after, I, I believe it's 16 years when Nemesis took place, when Picard, you know, that was kind of, we thought that was it. Patrick was, was speaking publicly saying, no, there will be no more Picard. I, I clearly, you remember him saying that, Robert? Yeah, this happened. And so I, I took him at his word, because he's an honest guy, but man when he came out today i mean that was seriously the last thing i i thought i was going to hear now maybe it's because I, I i don't have my finger quite on the pulse of what's going on I mean, did you have any inklings that this was going to happen at all well, i know chris well, i know there was talk that um oh god what's his name um he directed wrath the Kong. nick meyer nick meyer's wanted to do a show that was going to be a side pool to like what was happening with con before Wrath of Khan, or something like that. Like a bit of a, somewhere in between Space Seed and Wrath of Khan, yeah. huh? That's okay, what, that, where that, he loses his wife and Yeah, he wanted to do crazy. something like that, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and, and did you hear that from, from Nick, or where? No, well, he said he was doing a show, it was going to be set in that era. Okay, so that never ended up happening, no. huh? Okay, all right. Well, I mean, they came out with what the plot's going to be for the Captain Picard show. Kirk visits Q at the Continuum, and Q tells him they're going to foreclose on the Continuum. So then Picard's got to get the band back together so they can raise enough latinum to save the Continuum from being foreclosed. Huh. Okay. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Sounds great, though. Sounds like... I mean, is this actually, is Kirk going to be in this story at all, or? No, there's no Kirk. No, no. He's dead. He's very, very dead. Well, no, he's in the Nexus. No, he's they still... brought him out of the Nexus. Who brought him out of the Nexus? Picard did. In this new series? No, in Generation. Well, no, he left him, well, oh, all right. You got me stumped here for a second here, man. No, I thought for real, he... Yeah, they came out of the Nexus. So he, he bridge on the captain. In fact, I visited the site today, the, the, Valley, oh, yeah, of Fire. the Valley of Fire. Got yeah. to see it. Um, and I tell you, that, that was almost a, a 
dang near religious experience getting to see the pegs in the ground, in the rocks, like, yep, this is where they actually had the bridge. The bridge isn't there anymore? They moved it to a, a secured location behind fences on a, a, some sort of off-limits property. Yeah, really cool seeing, seeing those old props. There was also, um, from Star Trek The Experience, um, I haven't been. Have you been to The Experience? I was there once, yeah. Okay, they had a really uh, large uh, uh, recreation of the uh, Star Trek uh, late DS9 and the Voyager uh, Delta combat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think this was like something they displayed in the main entrance. Anyway, that actual piece was sitting behind this fence oh, wow. outside. We were checking it out as, as the sun was going down, so it's kind of we had our headlights on it, so we could barely see it. But it, wow, I mean, it's like all this Star Trek history sitting in the desert in the Red Rocks. I think something like 50 miles north of Las Vegas. Um, did, did they say why they they have all that in a secure location? Um, well, I was with a buddy of mine, Noel Velarde, and uh, gosh, I don't know if there was just a matter of trying to find it. I mean, again, th this was kind of off the beaten path, and so, and, I mean, he even said, and I don't know if you want to put this on your show, but that this was an off-limits area. We went anyway, you know, we didn't tamper with anything, we just wanted to have a look, see, and uh and it was beautiful. It was like, holy shit, holy... Mm, it's okay, are. you're fine. Star Trek Generations right in our face. And, and, and the, the whole afternoon, climbing the rock, climbing the rock of Viridian 3, getting to see where all of that went down, and then to, to end up... And they didn't have the bridge on the rock at the time. They took all the props down because they probably don't want it to get messed with. Behind closed fences now. But uh, yeah, it was really, really cool seeing that. So I have to say that that was probably getting to see a relic, a real relic from Star Trek Generations. Between that and uh, of course of uh, Patrick Stewart's bombshell uh, info, um, those were my highlights for the convention this year, Robert. Okay, thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So over here, off in a corner of the casino floor, some members of Son of Kirk, this is Son of Kirk, right? Some members of Son of Kirk are doing an impromptu jam session. Well, no, Trump, they just plug something in. We see, because this one goes to 11, see, it goes to 11.
That was members of Sons of Kirk. I heard. But the walls are super thick. What happened? Security came. About seven, eight songs in, security came. So are other members of Sons of Kirk coming or? Well, Gary went back to sleep. Yep. But that's it, there's three of them. Neil, Mark, and Mike. Okay. Okay, the real Popo just came by. I don't know what just happened.
lieben. So that was Sons of Kirk. That was the last song. Thanks, Rio Security. So wait, you gotta you gotta tell the story about how you got Sons of Kirk to do an acoustic concert in your room, and then everything that happened. I met him last year in line checking in. Yeah. I recognized them. I said, "Hey, you guys are Sons of Kirk." And I was the first one to recognize them, so they gave me a pick. Yeah. And we just became friends. So this year we're hanging out, and uh, it was Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember. Neil and I were just smoking cigars, drinking, and uh, Mike and Mark just came up and uh, we were just kind of hanging out and said, you know, we might want to play an acoustic uh, set. And we said, in our room? It happened in our room. And it got shut down. Well, how many songs in before it got shut down? Seven or eight. How many people were in the room? Oh, uh, man, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe 40 to 50. That, okay. Yeah, it was a small room. But it was, you know, I can understand. That's late, you know. But, and then they shut us down here now, too, so. Yeah, I know. But you know what? They let us uh, play one more song, so. Anyway. Okay, thank you. So Joel, I'm just going around asking everyone's thoughts on the convention. Would you like to share yours? Sure, why not? Uh, another great year in Las Vegas, another great convention. Uh, probably the thing that everyone's going to be talking about the most is the uh, super stealth surprise secret appearance of Patrick Stewart. I, I got to say, uh, it's very rare where you are told there is a big surprise and that surprise really is a big surprise. Yeah. That was just amazing. I was uh, lucky enough to be in the room when that happened. And uh, when he came on stage, I mean, the roof could have been blown off the place. There was just such a... Electricity? Yes, just so much energy uh, in the whole auditorium. Just thrilled, uh, elated. Uh, to hear that news. I mean, it's a great convention every year. You get to see so many of the people that you enjoy and that you grow up watching in some cases, but uh, I was really impressed with the way they pulled that surprise off. That really made this year memorable.
are more memorable, at yeah. least for me. Thank you, Joe. You bet. All right, so we're still here at the Masquerade Bar. People are bummed because of the Rio Popo. And there's nothing you can do about that. Wait a minute. I think the front man for Son of, Sons of Kirk, not Gary Graham, I think their manager's trying to talk to the Rio Popo. Hi, can I interview folks really quick? Sure. So I'm just going up to people, asking them to introduce themselves and to give their thoughts on the convention. Oh, well, uh, my name's Diana Fica. I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, so you're a local. I am a local, yep. Um, and the convention, I've been coming here 16 years since the first one, and it's amazing. Just brings together all my friends, and we just hang out and look at all the cool shit. And you, sir? Um, my name's Mike. I'm from the Bay Area, and I've been doing this for like 16 years, and this is the first time I got to bring my son with me. And it was really cool because he got to dress as Data. Oh, wow. And he had a really good time. He's nine years old, and he was the guy that was up there during Rain Wilson's, and I got called out for the Star Wars shirt. He was, That was your that son? That was my son. Yeah, that was That's right. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I talked to Scott Mance about that. He has a Star Wars shirt. But I showed him the pictures of him dressed as Data, and Scott was very surprised to see that. So, and excited. So, and he had a great time. Well, that's something he's never going to forget, being called out by Rain Wilson. Yes, that's right. He will. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Good time. Good times. So, you, you, you look like you got a fourth in the, uh, of it left in the tank. Well, here's the great thing, is that some random person came up to me and offered me this entire bottle of alcohol. So it was full when you when you got it. It was about three quarters full, yeah, and and so I've just been handing it out <laughs> as needed. You're doing I, the Lord's work. I am doing the Lord's work, yeah, exactly. I can do that. My sister's Catholic. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Let me give you my card. Oh, okay, great. There you go. You get a card. Oh, thank you. And you get a card. Awesome. Oh yeah, I bet you before. Okay. Did I interview you last year? No, but I've been doing this for a number of years. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm the guy in the red sweater. Awesome. Red sweater. All right. Well, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry to bother you, sir, but are you cosplaying Andy Warhol? I am not, but I have heard that many times this weekend, and I appreciate the compliment. So thank you. Because that would be cool. Because I, I didn't know he was a trekker. Uh, I don't know. I don't know because he yes. died before Star Trek was a thing, as far as I'm aware. No, he, he died in like the late '80s. Did he? He was on the Love Boat. They have two versions of it. See, I'm I was born in the '80s, so <laughs> my knowledge of shit from then and back is not quite as so good. Okay. So, have you enjoyed, have you enjoyed the convention? Any anything that stands, stood out to you? The convention's been amazing. I think the thing that really stands out to me the most is. Not only how accessible the people who have played a role in creating the franchise have been over the years and how much they are eager to interact with the fan base, but also how the fan base comes here to meet each other and to really create this warm, receptive kind of family environment that you don't always see at other types of conventions. Okay. Thank you. Let me give you my card. There you go. Thank you. 
I'm going to be on the podcast. Yes. Because <laughs> I saw you down there, and I'm like, why is he? Why is somebody cosplaying Andy Warhol? No, this is just how I look. Oh, okay. This is just, this is just me. <laughs> Well, the resemblance is uncanny. You just need the glasses. I know, right? I am blind. I have contacts instead. <laughs> and I don't have all the toxic masculinity and misogyny that Andy Warhol had. Really? Yeah, he was a real bastard. Talented, but a bastard. Like so many. Well, drawing like nine Campbell soup scans would probably do that to you. Uh, yeah, or just having too much fame and money and drugs and being too popular. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. There's networking going on. I'm not going to lie. There's adult beverages that are powering it, but there is networking going on. Hey, look, can I interview you folks really quick? I'm just asking people to introduce themselves and to give their thoughts on the convention. Oh, uh, hi, my name is Pata from Houston. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I haven't been here since... Uh, Ten years ago, when it was at the uh, Hilton. Uh, Hilton, yes, when they had still had the Star Trek experience, um, I had a great time. Um, I'm still a little worried about some of the, uh, you know, some of the, uh, the the participation in some of the panels and uh, um, access access to some of the celebrities. But other than that, I had a great time. Okay, and you, sir? I'm Jay. I'm also from Houston, and. Uh, this year I thought was kind of a, it's supposed to be the DS9's 25th, yeah. and it got overtaken by the Discovery stuff, so I think they that didn't get their due this year. Well, they, they had the screening of Far Beyond the Stars in the after panel. Yeah. And we had the DS9 uh, mixer that was kind of a waste of time. Hardly anybody showed for it, especially, and it was one hour and they were done. Okay. So it, I think they got shortchanged this year for DS9. They got overtaken by CBS and the marketing for, for Discovery. So that's a little disappointing. I look forward to seeing the DS9 stuff. So Hopefully they'll rectify that in five years for the DS9 30th. Hope so. Yeah. Okay, let me give you my card. me to say what I'm about to say because I'm an Angels fan, but go Astros. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm a big fan of the Astros. Unless something weird or freaky happens, I think you guys are going to repeat this year. Last year was a big thing because of the flood we had, you know. Yeah. That was a big deal for us. That was a big thing for the whole city to have. We finally have a winning team again, you know. Yeah. We haven't had a championship Yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Just gonna put this right here. Well, you can trade in the microwave for a shot for what's behind door number two. And part of the prize behind door number two is a year's supply of wax paper. Wax paper? You mean I can freeze all the chicken I want? Sarah can. Where's the fucking wax paper, Robert? But it's part of the prize behind door number two. What's that? Listen, listen, listen. Shashan, Shashan, Shashan. Charlie, 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 Charlie. Did you, did you, listen, talk to 
I, I know you. Uh oh. I'm not drunk. Hey, what's yeah, up, man? Yeah, yeah. I know you from your appearances on the network. Yeah. You're one of the co-hosts of, of Poly. <laughs> That's okay, Dan. Look, Mom, I'm in the What's up? So you're one of the hosts of, of Politic Trek or Polytrex. Polytrex. Yes, I and Barry DeFord co-host a show called Polytrex. Uh, it's a it's looking at political and social issues through the lens of Star Trek. So we often talk about the news and we try to compare it to real events in Star Trek. And we take one topic, like we take one movie, or we take things like spies. We did an entire series on spies, so we talk about all the spy characters in DS9 and TNG, and we compare them to real world spies. But thanks for asking. What's up, man? Well, I'm just asking people their thoughts on the convention. Okay. Well, uh, this is my second convention. Okay. I was here last year. I might as well not have been here. Because I was invisible, I didn't know anyone. I was terrified and Americans intimidate me automatically, being a foreigner. And I it just, it felt, I felt even more intimidated because I felt like I didn't know enough Star Trek. But some of the good things that happened when I got to meet Jeff, I got to meet Barry and I got to start my podcast and this year has been a completely different experience. Like people coming up to me and telling me about the show, uh, people getting people to network with the show and talking to them about it. The, and not just the show part, but the convention itself. I got to make so many friends because now I did not feel as intimidated. So I think people who are attending, if they feel the first time that they're being intimidated, give it another shot. I, I'd, I'd highly recommend that. This was. I got to meet so many and hug so many celebrities, just people walking randomly. Yeah. I would not have done that last year because I was terrified. So yeah, just getting over that initial convention fear was great for me. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robert. Let me give you my card. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. No problem. And, uh, where can I hear this? Well, this will probably drop sometime at the end of August or beginning of September. Yeah, awesome. On? On the, the Promenade Podcast. Nice, I listened to that one. Thank you, sir. Good talking no to you. No problem. I want my microwave. Let me interview Dan. Okay, interview Dan first. It's so great seeing you again, Dan. Hey, you too, man. How Last are you? Last time I saw you was at WonderCon. WonderCon, yes. Woo, that was that was a good time, right? Did you enjoy? I, I, if I wasn't so tired, I would have gone to the House of Blues. Yes, House of Blues was, that was actually, it ended up being, uh, it was our most last minute event. When we did WonderCon, uh, when we, I'm sorry, when we did Awesome Con, about a week later, we were so much more put together. <laughs> but I will say at WonderCon, Chase Masterson came out just to show her support. Nana Visitor from DS9, she came out just to do the panel yeah. alongside me. And she didn't have to do that, you know, but she is so committed to supporting our community and to supporting gays in space that I drove down, picked her up in Los Angeles. She and I shared a very long drive to Anaheim. It was lovely because there is no way to not enjoy spending time with yeah. Nana. Yeah. Um, but she had so much else going on 
but she still took the time out to come there for our panel and gave an amazing presentation. Uh, just like, uh, I know I say, I probably say this every time we talk, yeah. but I love her so much. Well, I think I, you said that at the panel, because I think I live, because I was live tweeting the panel. Oh, you were? Okay, cool, yeah. Remember, you liked some of my tweets. Yes, oh, oh my God, absolutely. No, I love what you do. I absolutely love what you well, do, then, man. Well, the highlight was when you had Nikki Cox close out the panel. Jackie. Jackie, thank you, Jackie. Yes. Jackie Cox closed out the panel with, by singing the Enterprise theme song. Uh, now, were you able to come to the party this last year. night? No, I I went back to my hotel room last night. I was going to take a nap, and then what? five hours later... The party was already over. Yeah, yeah no, I understand. So how was the event this year? I heard you had a couple of surprise guests from Discovery. We did. We did. It was... Yesterday was the two-year anniversary of the founding of Gays in Space, to the day. And it was also our 22nd event in two years' time. So not what I was expecting to happen. I thought I was throwing one party, and yeah. the next thing I know, it's two years later, and we've done 22 of them. But it was the best event we've ever done. It was the most emotional, the most fun, the most exciting event that we've done. We had the amazing Callie Wright, who is the host of the Gaytheist podcast, the Gaytheist Manifesto podcast, who is someone that I met only through doing Gays in Space. She is a beautiful, amazing trans woman who has, through her experience and her input into gays in space, made us better than we ever were before. Because the entire point of gays in space is to continue to expand and to continue to welcome new perspectives, new experiences, things beyond, like, listen, I am a boring, sh regular white gay guy. My experience is limited. And now we have gotten to the point where amazing people like Callie Wright have joined us and it has just gotten bigger and better. We had nine guests, I think, from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And at the end of the night, Anthony Rapp and Wilson Cruz, the gay couple from Star Trek Discovery came, joined us on stage, and I cannot describe to you the pride that I felt standing on that stage alongside them, knowing that two years ago, I was thrilled that Sulu put his hand on the small of another man's back and we just assumed they were married. And now here I was standing with a fully realized, developed, real flushed out characters, gay relationship in Star Trek. Blew my mind. Now, did you know they were coming or was it a surprise to you? Oh, I worked pretty hard to make sure they would show up. Okay. Yes. 
uh, Anthony uh, is uh, obviously everyone knows he is a New Yorker. Rent is where he got his like really big start. I am a New Yorker, so trust me when I tell you, I pulled every string in my New York bag that I could find, and uh, thank God I did because them being there meant the world to everybody. I mean, hundreds of people came to our event because they knew that Gaze in Space is about bringing people together, is about equality, and is about celebrating all of the advances we've made, regardless of the setbacks, regardless of the, the Trump things, and regardless of all of those things, Gaze in Space celebrates the fact that everyone now gets it. And equality is so close. And a huge thanks to both of those actors to making that message extend into the future that we get to see watching Star Trek Discovery. All right, thank you very much. Like, you've had a full week. Yes. So, what... Where are we taking Gaze on Space on the road next? Okay, next we will actually be the official after party for the Vegas Fan Fusion event convention that's happening September 28th. It's their first one and they have invited us to be their after party, their official after party. So we're going to be back here in Vegas in two months and then following that, man, we're going to be on the cruise. Ooh. 2019, we are official partners with the Star Trek Cruise. We will be producing five events on board. And I cannot tell you how excited we are for that. Gaze at Sea is going to be amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> so the event for with um, Las Vegas Fandom Con, is that going to be at the Piranha again? Or? Yes. Yes, the Piranha Nightclub was so amazing to work with. They were so welcoming. At the end of the event, the actual, like, the, like, the big guy, the head cheese, came down and said, you know what, you gentlemen put on an amazing show. You brought such great people to us. We want to make sure that you come back here next year and do it again. And so I said, we absolutely will. By the way, we have another event in two months. May we come back for that? And they said, absolutely. But the important question is, because I was there in San Francisco, is the Piranha Terry Farrell approved? Ooh, that's a big question. I'm not sure. Oh, my God, I don't know. We actually saw Terry at the, uh, at the Chinese restaurant here in the Rio yeah. as we were walking by, but I chose not to invade, you know, upon her privacy. Uh, so I don't know. You're going to have to ask her. I hope so. Well, has she been to one at the Piranha yet? No. No. She came to, uh, she and uh, Adam Nimoy came to our event in San Francisco and had a blast. They were so great and so gracious, and oh my God, we loved having them. But uh, we haven't, this is our first time at Piranha okay. in Vegas. Okay. So we're not sure, hopefully <laughs> next year, but you gotta ask her, you gotta let me know. Well, once you have her, 
And for those of you listening, it's a joke from the um, 2016 San Francisco convention where the convention was near the airport, but the event was in San Francisco proper. And at her panel, Terry yells at you, rent a ballroom and make it gay. Yeah. There, I fixed your problem. <laughs> that is exactly what she said. You're right. She was like, oh my God, Dan, I'm mad at you. Why do we have to travel so far? And I was like, well, Terry, all the gay places are in San Francisco, not Burlingame. Oh, but by the end of the night, she was happy. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave you. Have a good night. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. No problem. When's my microwave coming up? Wow, your accent get got thick. You can keep the microwave or you can trade it in for what's behind door number two. And part of the prize behind door number two is a year's supply of wax paper. Is Riker or Carl Urban involved? They could be. Oh, fuck. <laughs> After this conversation, I'm going to have to go for door number two. Congratulations. Along with the year supply of wax paper, you have a cow and a churn for your do-it-yourself butter kit. Fuck! Where's my Carl Urban? Well, you could have him churn the but churn the milk into butter. As long as he's naked, I'm good. Well, you'd have to talk to him about that. I don't think Katie would mind. Wait, who's Katie? Katie Sawbuck, his girlfriend. How long have they been together? Like a year or two. Wow. Why do you not know this? Because I work graveyard. I know a bunch of random shit about Carl Urban. Of course you would. Well, if you want the microwave, I'll go back to my hotel room, which has one, unplug the thing, and bring it here. Is Sean being involved? No. No, then. Because if Sean Bean were involved, he would have been dead within the first five minutes, unless it's Jupiter ascending. I need Sean Bean, Billy Boyd, or Carl Urban. What about Jonathan? What happened to Jonathan Frakes? And Tom Hiddleston. Oh, God. That's tough. They're four and five. Work on your microwave. Okay, so we're leaving the bar. We're back on the con the casino floor. Fun fart, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. So I, I'm just going around asking people what their thoughts on the convention were. What What were your thoughts? It was great. I loved it. And oddly enough, I didn't really ever go into the main Roddenberry Theater, and then until. It, it was just, I walked in there and sat down, and it, 10 seconds later, Patrick Stewart walked out, made his roughly like 15 minute announcement, and walked away. And I'm like, I haven't been in here this entire time, and by happenstance, I walk in here and get to see this. So you were in the room when it happened? I was in uh, the very back. Yeah, because I, I did general mission, so I was yeah. in the very back. And I usually just walk in, sit down for like 15, watch a panel, and walk out. So there was no need for me to like try and go all the way to the front or whatever. And I was like, 
what a luck for her to walk in there and to see that and be like, wow. So I, I and then I started crying. So I had to go to my room and I spent about an hour in my room to decompress, to regain my composure and get my eyes to uh, be deep puffy, <laughs> less puffy. You know, with a combination of uh, uh, successful inebriation on top of crying. Yeah. Were you in your Klingon outfit? I was. So I hosted our second annual Klingon feast on Thursday, and I got into Katul, the son of Lursa, uh, for that. And then I stayed in that from Thursday around 2 o'clock in the afternoon up until, let's see, Wednesday, up until almost Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. Wow. I was just, I was, did you see the picture of me as Katul? Well, I took one of you at the here at the bar. Okay, okay. So you saw me, and I, right. and I saw you the next day when I was getting out of my Uber. Exactly, you saw me the next day again. Yeah. I was still dressed as Katul. How heavy was that outfit? It wasn't heavy at all, uh, because I wasn't cosplayed as Lursa. I was minus uh, some chest area weight, and uh, the outfit there was less dress, there was less clothes. So it was actually a lot more comfortable. Uh, the boots, the boots I had on were comfortable, but you know they're not meant to be worn for like 20, 30 hours straight. At a time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the convention's been great, though. I got to meet uh, uh, some of the disco people earlier today for an autograph, and I did the the clean on photo op with Martin Galron, Lursa. I'm sorry, Bator. And then I did the solo with Bator. And other than that, I've been here at Masquerade and Shutter's Bar and just partying with friends and family of the, the Trek family, people. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Ah, thank you. I much appreciated. It didn't break. It's a Festivus miracle. It didn't break. It, it didn't break. It's a Festivus miracle. That's right. Absolutely. We're so glad we didn't have a mess to deal with. So I'm going around interviewing people, asking them their thoughts on the convention. If you can just introduce yourself and get and share your thoughts. Steven from Dallas. Like, first convention. And I like the panels. I like seeing all everybody that's here for the first time and I'd like to meet everybody that loves Star Trek. So what brought you to STLV for the first time this year? I, I finally had some time off of work. I, I wanted to go a bunch of times and I finally like yeah you can go. So here I am. Did it live up to, to the hype and the expectation? Absolutely. The hype and the expectation were really cool. Like you, uh, they you don't get the schedule till you show up here. Yeah, that's like, who's going to be here? When are they going to be here? And you're like, hey, it's everybody. So it was really awesome. Okay, thank you. Let me give you my card. There you go. Thank you, boss. No problem.
So, Alfredo, how was the convention for you this year? On a scale of 1 to 10 at 25. <laughs> no, it's been great. It's been great. Um, it's just that after the 50th anniversary, um, I started talking to people before I, went, I would go to the events. Yeah. But that was it. But after the 50th, I started talking to people and the whole perspective of the convention changed because the people are incredible. Even more than the actors, even more than the series. Yeah. And it's just beyond words. You know, uh, it's incredible to, to have the opportunity to really be yourself without no, without judgment and to be uh, surrounded by people who care about the same thing you do, just like yourself. So it's just one big family experience. Of course, of course, because being in Star Trek is not just like, you just like that same sci-fi show. It means a lot of values, a lot of way of thinking that goes much beyond that. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. When do you fly back? Tomorrow. Tomorrow or today? Well, <laughs> taking, taking into account that first hour, yes, today. Five and a half hours for me. Okay. But in my defense, I, did, I thought I was going to have to work tonight. Have a good flight back. I will. Hopefully the flight doesn't get delayed another two hours. Wait, do we want to do this for real? We can do this for real. So 2018 is the year of actual sleep. I got eight hours of sleep every night. Thank you very much. Congratulations. But it was consecutive or in shifts? No, it was consecutive. I mean, I woke up to pee like I have to at 7 a.m., but I fell back asleep. Yes, folks, back asleep till like 10 o'clock. See, I have, an, I have the different problem. When that happens to me, then I go do it, and I can't sleep for like another. It takes me an hour to go back to sleep. No, you know, I have a heating pad. It helps, you know, to get me out again. Okay. Earplugs, eye mask. I mean, we know how to do it. So how, other than getting eight hours of sleep a night, how was the convention for you? You know, with eight hours of sleep, you can conquer anything. The convention was fantastic. I made panels I never made before. Those 10 a.m. ones were possible because I went to sleep early enough. It's all about the sleep. But, you're not, but you didn't get eight hours today. I may not get out eight hours tonight, but you know, it doesn't take much energy to just lounge at the pool. So I'm confident that I'm going to go home rested. Okay. <laughs> That's what 3 a.m. sounds like at the masquerade bar. It's already 3 a.m.? Yeah. My flight's going to leave in like five hours. Well, I live in Long Beach with like a 45-minute flight. Yeah, Obey Area, right? Oh, okay. I confused you with somebody else.
So just introduce yourself and give your thoughts on the convention. Um, I'm going to skip introducing myself since I'm drunk. Well, you can give me a but, fake name. Yeah, uh, my name is George. McCormick. Hi, George. Uh, you want my thoughts on the convention? Yeah. Um, this is my sixth convention, and um, there's no reason to not return. And I wish I had a more coherent thought than that, but it's not going to happen at 3 a.m. That I completely understand. Well, you know how it is. It's like on the last night, even if you don't drink at all, on the last night you're probably extremely sleep deprived. I don't know about you. Well, I took a nap. I took a nap. Okay. I used to be all about the naps, and I probably will be next year. But we, like I said earlier, we got eight hours of sleep every night. And there are Klingons screaming. That sounds about right. So, my whole point is, I'll be back. Okay, thank you. Thank you, George. You're welcome. So, introduce yourself. Um, you can also explain your cosplay, and then l let us know your thoughts on the convention. Okay. So, my name is Donna, I'm from El Paso, Texas, and I love Cadet Tilly. I heard a lot of people on the autism spectrum are relating to her and things like that. So I just think she's great, and um, ever since she came out, like I have red curly hair, so does she. I've been just like working my hair, like I've just been working my hair naturally more just because of that character. So I thought like, oh, I want to be her like 10 years from now when she's finally made captain and she's always like I'm gonna be captain one day I love that kind of thing yeah <laughs> That's so, it. so explain your cosplay so my cosplay I'm wearing a TOS scat captain I have the captain pips on yeah that's it <laughs> I have red curly hair so I think you know you guessed I was Cadet Tilly or Tilly Captain Tilly now Captain Tilly yes of course so were you doing this were you doing Tillys throughout the convention no, I yesterday and I was uh, other people before I was a uh, crusher the day before and then I was seven of nine again Jerry Ryan really liked my seven of nine costume she posted me on her Instagram and then the first day I was Deanna Troy yeah. and I'm sorry if I sound loud in your it's okay that's okay I can fix it in post No, you're fine. Let me give you my card. So I was worried he was like they weren't gonna like I'm like, oh they're gonna delete it, but then I'm like, well seven of nine is awkward and that's why I relate to her. Yeah. So maybe they will, I don't know. Okay. Well who's gonna delete it? Well the the person that you know, the person that asked me the question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm fine unless unless this the audio's quality is bad. We're keeping this interview. Oh, really? I, mean, like, I didn't even look at your card. Where does it go? The Promenade Podcast. Thank you. But this outfit is fucking cool. Thank you. <laughs> so you were there at the panel on Saturday where she said the line? What did she say? This is fucking cool. No. Yeah.
because I was a little bit late to that panel, but I wanted to ask Wilson Cruz a question. Uh, I wanted to ask him, you know, about being a Latino character because I'm Latina, so I want, yeah, but I, I'm just part of that panel. But I love Cadet Tilly, so that, like I'm hoping with that red curly hair that I looked like Captain Tilly. So I'm really glad that you asked me that, if I was Captain Tilly. So I was the, I'm the first person to get it. Yes, you're the first person to get it, like this is Captain Tilly. And I even like, there's one episode where she's wearing like, like a kind of a one piece, they go out. She has her hair like half up. I've been doing my hair like that and I've been trying to find like a outfit like that to be like, oh like this is like a dead chili going out look. Yeah. Oh. I think she's a really good character. Like I love that. Like she's probably my favorite character of the of the new season of, of Discovery. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry, I'm gonna sound so crooked. No, it's okay. Don't worry, this isn't my first rodeo. I know what I'm getting into. So I'm just going around asking people to introduce themselves and give their thoughts on the convention. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jake. I think the convention's great. It's my first year. I've had a lot of fun. It's great to see all the panels. Did it live up to the hype? Yeah. It's a family feeling that there's a family with Trek. So I think that that's a great experience that everybody kind of shows that they love it. Okay. And you, ma'am? Um, I'm Victoria. Um, I think, yeah, no, I think it was a good year. Um, some surprises, for sure. I mean, social media certainly showed that, but, I mean, there's, like, hidden surprises every year in every corner. <laughs> okay, thank you. Let me give you my card. That's because you traded for what was behind door number two. Yeah, answer that one. <laughs> you know, some people have that surgically corrected. I don't, what does that mean? Going through TSA must be a pain. It's a bit, but it's worth it. I can't make them, like, flick. These are my old style pacemakers. I have to go through with them. They, let, they sit on top of the skin. It's th they're powered by medicinal alcohol. It's medicinal. I'm gonna bet 401, Bob. Are you recording right now? Yes. Oh no, sorry. I only use it for medicinal purposes. I'm still betting 401. I'm sorry you've gone over the actual retail price. So you lost the showcase showdown. So I'm just I'm just going around interviewing people, asking them to introduce themselves and give their thoughts on the convention. I'm Robert from Austria. And thoughts on the convention. I'm coming here because the fans are great. But for me, next to that, greatest thing on this convention was that it sounded like CBS is finally seeing this convention as a main thing. Put announcements there, put main, uh, main actors of the new show there. And I think the recognition of us as a quote-unquote family as being something important for them, that really give, 
makes me feel good for all of us and for Star Trek overall. Now, is this your first STOV? No, this is my sixth one. Okay, sorry. My, my first one was was pretty much the 20th anniversary of, of DS9, so now it's the 25th. Okay. So, are there a lot of Star Trek fans in Austria? There are more than I thought there would be. Uh, I'm myself in more or less the Star Trek club in Austria. And we had a booth at our local Comic Con in Vienna. And it was surprised how many people were running around with Star Trek outfits. So there's actually more than I would have expected. I, uh, I know it's pretty popular in Germany. Uh, I think it's pretty similar in Austria in the end. So have you been to destination Star Trek Germany as well? No. The only convention I go to is the one here in Las okay. Vegas. I fly over from Austria every year now, just because the people here are so great. Uh, I get to know a lot of people, I, I get to meet people that I saw in past conventions, and I get to know new people as well, and it's, it's really great. There's also some, some actors and crew people like Max Rodanchik or Larry Nemechek and so on that I built up a relationship with and that I meet here. Uh, I will not necessarily meet them uh, on other events. Okay, thank you. Let me give you my card. Sure. The time currently is a little after 3.30 a.m. and the crowd is thinned considerably. Hi, would you like to take a seat? Is this your, is this your studio? It is right now. I know what I'm getting into. It's not my first rodeo. But it's especially, so don't, you know. I've only had half a drink here, so. So we have a real honor with us right now is Dr. Trek himself. <laughs> with a minor in all things McCoy, Larry Nemechek. A minor in all things McCoy. I only drink it for medicinal purposes. Twenty-two fifty-three. Wow. Twenty-two. Uh, uh, what you got me? What twenty-two fifty-three? Well, what was the year on the Romulan ale from Rathacon? No, Rathacon. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, okay. I I'm not thinking right now. No, it wasn't that early. Thought it was twenty-two. Because at the point was it? No, it wasn't old. It was like really new. It was like twenty-two eighty-three. Okay. So it was like real, like real recent. Okay. It hadn't aged very long. Yeah, that's right. That's why they were going, eh, or whatever. Yeah. So how has the convention been for you, sir? Wow. Well, I was really focusing this year on uh, all my own things, my own projects. And CBS was very gracious. And I wound up with a, because of, of, of stellar cartography being reprinted. And in some ways, the people around it being more excited than for the original one in 2013. I, I think that's because Discovery is out and there's fresh Star Trek and people are just excited about every, the, on the franchise licensed commercial product side of things and the, the, the big wig end of things, people are just excited because there's new Star Trek. I mean, fans are too, 
despite the quote-unquote divisions, I think we saw a lot. I love the tweet I saw where, um, I'm trying to remember who said it, but I know a lot of CBS people retweeted it. Somebody had all the line for all the Discovery people, like how long the autograph oh, yeah, line I saw was. that one, yeah. Yeah, and said, oh, really, division? Oh, haters? Here's the line for the, for the Discovery signers, you know, and it like went on for 47 miles. Yeah. Yeah, I'm exaggerating. But um, I think just having a new show out has made everybody more excited, and so solar cartography, the maps and books, the the um, what they want to do, and how the how the PR and the company is excited, and wanting me to do things. It's like it's way more than the original, and I think that was 2013. Yeah. We were still in the, wandering in the desert, you know, and people were like scrambling for something to be exciting. But it's like, uh, what's the thing about lifting all boats? Yeah. I think just having a show on is making everything more exciting and uh, whatever it is. Well, a question. So because of Discovery, will certain charts or maps be updated to reflect Discovery oh, in yeah. stellar cartography? Oh, that, that's the point. It's an update. Okay. Um, yes. All of, all of first season Discovery is on the relevant maps. And it's also updated in the history of the guidebook that goes with the maps. And then there's also, as we did it, I, after the first maps were done, but even after the O2, after Jeff Mandel's O2 book that it's all based on, in turn based on everything Michael Kuda set out, right? Starting with the price on TNG when he first did the quadrants. Um, there were about two or three dozen original series stars and locations that had never been on a chart before, which I didn't realize until after the first maps came out. So I said, can we please, this was the discovery update, air quotes, but I said, okay, since we're doing it, can we please put back a lot of these things that never were charted and whatever? And it was like, okay, since we're doing the maps anyway, who cares if there's, you know, it was a little more time on the front end, but not that big a deal. So there's a ton of original series stars, uh, and we fixed some, the, the Klingon lettering on the Klingon map was like, wasn't done by me or anybody I knew. It was like letter for letter, and it didn't make sense. And uh, Levin Litauer, who was the, uh, I think, European, German, German, Dutch, Belgian, oops, um, translator, he was, uh, Levin was the translator for the Netflix Klingon bylines. Yeah. You know, they had a, Netflix had an option for watching the shows with Klingon, yeah. right? Instead of English or Spanish or whatever. So he fixed the Klingon on the Klingon map, basically, for us. So there's that. And we had a, there's a lot of animated series things that, are, that had never been. All, every Starbase ever mentioned <laughs> is now on. So yeah, so on one end it was a relatively small part, but all of this, all the mirror universe. I was going to ask about that. Because, you know, mirrors in the prime, unless something crazy's happened, like the planet's blown up or something. But no, we took it that all... You know, Prime and Mirror are both the same. So, yeah, all the Mirror is located as well. All the way down to, you know, the stars in uh, in Emperor Georgiou's title and all that, that kind of thing. So, so, yeah. With two exceptions. The two exceptions being two things they did not want to have located yet because the writers may do something specific. And I'll just let you guess what those might be. I mean, not literally, but I'll let everybody wonder. Why the Dominion conquered Beta Z during the war. <laughs> what? 
Oh, listen, the original. That was a reference to the original book. It was the original, but I'm just saying, one of the things I was proudest of on the map set was that I choreographed the Dominion War and made it make sense. Okay. <clears throat> you know, Ira and Ron and the guys, they just wrote what felt right. And they said, oh, Beta Zed's been captured, or oh, Earth and Vulcan are under, are under pressure, you know, the home worlds. Are, it's like, how does that work on the real chart? And then, you know, here's Mike and... Akuda, Doug Drexler, they got a chance to do it with their charts, and their charts looked really scary and big and impressive, but they didn't really say anything, you know. So nobody had tried this, and I took the actual, what we've evolved into, and then came up with a couple. You had the close in, like here's the Bezier, and then you knew something was threatening the home worlds. And uh, anyway, I made it, you read the guidebook, I made it all make sense. I also explained why they kept saying Alpha Quadrant powers when the Klingons and Romulans are in the Beta Quadrant. I, which to me, and, but that's things that over the years, like in my column in the magazine, people would ask and I, I would go, you're right, I, I either would have already worked out an answer, you know, retconning and gap filling and cannon smoothing. Before people said retconning, I said cannon smoothing. That's, that's such a 90s term, I guess, maybe or something, I don't know. But yeah, I'm very proud of the original maps, and one, you know, and hopefully, as Discovery goes along, or as the friggin' new Patrick Stewart series adds more to all of this, and there's more Star Trek out there. There's, you know, it's like the 70s again or the 80s again, and there's all this two and three and four things happening at once, and it's a scramble to keep up with them, which would be lovely <laughs> compared to the desert we were in for 12 years, right? Well, I was making note of that, that this is the first convention with a, a show on the air. Right. Yeah, no sneak, no movie, no sneak peek series, no rumor mill, you know, big time. We got a show on the, and that was the, I was thinking that some of the, like Mary, um, some of the actors that were here last year, uh, a lot of them weren't, like Sonequa hadn't been, Jason hadn't been, but now that the show is on the air, last year they were kind of like babes. They were like innocent babes in the woods, all excited. But that's true of all the kids. It's been interesting watching them and remembering the Enterprise cast when they were all fresh and new and excited and the Voyager cast when they were all fresh and new and excited. Well, speaking of next gen, I was at dinner with some friends a couple of nights ago and they're, they're slightly older than me. So when TNG came on, I was eight. They were in high school or in college. And I asked the question, if they had done an exhibit for TNG like they did with Discovery, how would that have been received? Oh, what'd your friend say? He said, I, it probably would have been received well. So, yeah. well, I think, well, we, you know, I talked about that for years and it's kind of gone back into history, so I try to keep it a lot. I try to, you know, not just history for history's sake, oh, that was cool, oh, I remember that, oh, that was in grade school, and that was a cool time. But it's like, what does that mean for us? Just like the 60s. Like, and like, that's the way I am about it. That's the way I am about history and politics and everything. Oh, knowing history is not just like knowing dates and places and names so you can pass a test or win a trivia quiz. It's like, what does it mean for today? Like the old, he who dooms, he forgets the past is yeah. doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just Star Trek. It's just entertainment. But everybody gets their panties in a wad about some of these things. And it's like, we've been there before. There was the loud, you know, I've, we, I've said it on my platforms, 
on Trekline Tuesdays Live at 1 p.m. Pacific on Facebook, you know, or on the Trek FM shows or even on the Trek Files, um, that it's like people are acting like this is new. Like, my God, Voyager lost their lead actor and had to go back and recast and be delayed. You know, next gen, now it's known widely by people, the chaos on the bridge. Yeah. You know, what a what a madhouse it was. Shows are hard to get going. And after, you know, next gen was the first new Star Trek after the old cast, you know, got old and then, we can't do TV, but we'll do media. This is like a new paradigm shift. And then Voyager and DS9 were the well-oiled machine. They were still new, but they, you know, an enterprise. And then Long Gap, and then the JJ movies, but they were just movies. And I mean just, I mean, they weren't an ongoing series that people watched weekly. Three years between them, four years. So this is the first, this Discovery is a lot like Next Gen, only it's different. Streaming and serialized and short and all that stuff. But you still gotta start, you still gotta get a production people in and they may have grown up on Trek, but they got to apply it to today, and all you know, all that yeah. stuff we've been talking about for two years. Um, but the thing was, people, it, people are hard with change, especially when it's something they care. Things they don't care about, nobody, nobody notices. It's the things you really care about that you get, you know, anxious. You get excited. Some people get anxious. Some people get hostile. Maybe. And every little thing will set people off. So a lot of what was going happening now, there were the people that were mad or angry or confused. And then there were the people that were mad, angry, and confused that other people were mad, angry, and confused, you know? Yeah. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. I used to call the loud 10%. When Next Gen came out, we had all the, it's not Kirk and Spot McCoy. How can you call it Star Trek? They're just, I swear to God, I found a letter. Somebody said, they're slapping Star Trek on this and expecting us to accept it. How, you know, that's the thing that's always popped back around. <clears throat> and now that looks laughable. They're talking about TNG. And then you go, well, you know, oh, that first season of Next Gen was pretty creaky because of all the chaos yeah. on the bridge. Yeah. And, uh, and the other shows less so. But Enterprise, they were trying to not have uh, tired, you know, producer fatigue and show fatigue. And they really made an effort to try to freshen everything and do it do paradigm and you could tell it was like a lot of a lot of especially in the writers there so all these things in the past not that not that that's an excuse but at least it and we're just reminding people that this is not manna from heaven it's like real people are in an industry earning a paycheck trying to do this there's social political turf you know and when people come in to do it and then they leave and they have people and new people and people are mixing and it's really not this set, you know, we, we started off with a plan and we followed it perfectly with the same people. It's, it's, it's a human messy thing and, um, and you want it to be, nobody doesn't want it to be the best it can be and people are always working, but anyway, all that stuff, going back in time and looking at the tracks, even though it was, you know, slower and pre-social media, social media has just made it seem ten times if we'd had social media next gen, what I used to call the loud 10%, they would still be 10% maybe, but they'd be a lot louder. <laughs> well, I remember the only way you could see the trailer for next gen was if you bought or rented Star Trek 4. Yeah. 
Yep, and that was such clever, because Star Trek IV was such a hit. They're like, oh, look how clever we are. We're putting the new trailer on the, you know, the, but it was like, it was still TV and a movie. Yeah. And it was, TV had come a long way in 20 years, and, and the stuff they were doing looked way cooler than the 60s original, you know, like yeah. effects and everything. But still, it was TV, and they were still on a budget. And now we look at the, the early next gen and go, oh, this is so 80s, and it's so cheesy, and it's so simple. And we've lost, the generation has lost the perspective of, do you know how much cooler this looked than the 60s, just on the surface looked in the 60s? I mean, a lot, some of the cynical fans were like, well, it might be all glitzy and flashy and cool looking, but is it going to have the heart of Star Trek? You know, there's no way any copy can equal what Gene and Gene and Dorothy and Bob and all of them and Shatner and Nimoy and D. Kelly. And, there's no way these new kids can equal what they did, even with Gene running it. You know, and there's that. And, and that was Gene was alive and it was a show and people said that. Much less now. So... It's just, it's just, we try to, like, critique, yes, I reserve the right to critique, but it's like, and there's some things I really go, eh, about. But it's real, it's Star Trek, it's back on the world, it's back on, the world is getting Trek and Gene's vision, and some people would say, well, I don't think this is Gene's vision very much, but it's like, it's an arc, it had a rough birth, I can't wait to see season two. This is the first social media trek for good and bad. And all of these actors and writers are on social media, Instagram and Twitter all the time. And, and you know, you, and, you, and then you finally see them on stage and you go, oh my God, they're throwing episodes and quotes. They're saying McCoy stuff. They're saying Picard yeah. stuff. They're saying, you know, they're saying Janeway stuff. And remembering the episode title or saying, okay, I don't remember the title, but it's the one where Riker found the gender society, the genderless society, but one was gendered, you know, or whatever. And it's like the people that say, nobody in this show knows anything about the franchise. That's, no, no. Some might not, some may not have had it in their DNA and their bones, but there's cast and there's writers and creators that grew up as fans, and you can tell. So, anyway. It's still a, but it's a group effort, and it's a, you know, there's a hierarchy. Some people are bosses, some people are, so it's not this perfect thing, but it's all, I think it's already settling down. And the way CBS is treating it and treating the fans and treating the, I mean, I was shocked when they did that. Not just, you knew there was a Patrick thing going to get announced. It was just too well sourced and from the UK and the US, and we've been saying this for weeks on, you know, like all, everything where I talk. Okay. But I thought that when they didn't, um, and, and, and older Star Trek never got a Hall H moment at Comic-Con, yeah. right? The closest thing was when J.J., they had cast Quinto in the movie, but nobody else yet, and he brought, I kept saying, he wheeled Leonard out from behind the curtain and the Hall H mob went mad. Star Trek's never had a moment like that since, really. And I thought, well, maybe they'll wheel Patrick out at Hall H at Comic-Con, San Diego. And when they didn't, I was thinking, well, they won't do it. It's like, oh, well, they're not going to do that, I guess. Because they're sure not going to do that at Vegas. Vegas is too small. It's the hardcore base, but it's, the numbers aren't there. And all the world's media cameras are at Comic-Con, you know. And lo and behold, bang. And that, that, the news was one thing. To me, the subtext was what it said about what the corporate CBS thinking was about the show and the direction of the big, now the, what are we in the Kurtzman era now? We had the yeah. Berman era, we're in the, 
unless he's out, you know, God forbid, he's out next year or something, but hopefully things have stabled, stabilized now. But um, that may be showing a shift in thinking or some factions are getting the upper hand or they're learning that connecting to the hardcore is just as easy here at Vegas, is just as, and there's a lot of media comes out of here. I mean, Patrick, hashtag Patrick Stewart and hashtag Picard were trending on Twitter worldwide yesterday. Well, I know that the Hollywood Reporter and Variety had stories an hour after the announcement. Yes, well, I'm sure CBS, you know, had keyed, you know, queued them up to be ready for that. But, and it was, a, it was a Saturday, so it was the weekend, you know, cycle, but, um, but yeah, um, that shows that they see, I think they see the fan base here at Vegas, not just as smaller numbers, but keyed in. And you know, Discovery took its lumps, and I, it's kind of like we were talking, I think the, the, 10 the loud 10% got amplified more than its size, but loud is loud. And I think having Alex here is a surprise, and then having him pull Patrick out, and the roof, you know, the roof blows off, people are either screaming, yelling, whooping, or crying, or all four. Yeah. And that wave, there hasn't been a love wave like that at a convention moment. It was emotional for Leonard's last convention. It wasn't the same emotion. It was like love and bittersweet, you know? This was not, this was as intense, but the other direction. It was more like a religious experience? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. And, and for all the people that said, I wish they'd done a show that was like 20 years after Nemesis. Well, here you go. <laughs> Here you go. You got. You know, it's 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 like who else could be the unifying actor character? Like who was going to shut everybody up across the board? Oh, the Niners and the Voyage and the Janeway's army split, and as you know, people, not as many were watching it. And the Netflix era has brought so many people to all that. You know, oh, the JJ movie, you loved him or you didn't love him or it was your first, and all all these people have not been heard from yet. But what is the one unifying? You know, oh my God, a Patrick show and taking pains to say, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, a pretty happy-dappy guy in the center seat of this gleaming starship. I don't think it's going to be. That's been done. I hope it's not too gritty and realistic and, you know, it's going to appeal to a 2019 audience, you know, by like being broken. He said it'll be 20 years more of life, but he's in his 70s. And um, it may be like Discovery and more like modern TV where it it's may start dark and have a light at the end of the tunnel. But whatever it is, um, yeah, it melted the, it just blew the roof off. It, it melted the internet. And there's so many opportunities to bring back TNG cast members, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Yes, all those actors, actors slash characters that never got a movie. It's like Red Buttons. Never got a dinner, you know. <laughs> all those poor, all those great, wonderful actors and their wonderful characters that never got a dinner or a movie. Or a sequel, uh, they're they're all they're all. For, of course, they'll have lots of new characters, but that's all up for grabs. And I I don't know if that hit everybody at first. I think maybe as people have talked or read social media or whatever. That's what I said right off the bat. But that's all out there. But I almost think the way if it's a shift in the way CBS is, you know, maybe they for a few months maybe they thought the Viacom divorce was going to be. Uh, un you know, unsealed or whatever, and they, they would, they would um, what's the diverse term for getting uh, uh, reconciled? Yes, yes, thank you. I've said it before. I just couldn't think. 
you know, not so much a uh, reconcile the divorce. Maybe that's not happening anytime soon. So CBS is striking out here, kind of bold, boldly going on their own and doing as much as they can on their own. And uh, anyway, it, it's amazing. Of course, we got the proofs in the pudding. Yeah. You know, especially if it's that British kind of pudding. No, but and we'll see. But you know, Pat also. Patrick's status as an actor in a contract, by the late movies, he had a lot of power in his contract, like story review and all that. Patrick is not going to do something that he doesn't think is quality. So that's another, people that are, the, the, the people that are still down on creative teams and you know some of the hassles recently. If Patrick's involved, he's going to, he's going to be very particular about what he's doing. He's probably got some controls and some, um, uh, approvals built into his contract so he may even be a like a lot of actors do when they have a lot of clout have an executive producer credit or a co-executive yeah. producer credit but he's probably gonna have a say in the content in the format and then the content going on after that I bet and that should be reassuring yeah. to people and then for him to say he thought he was as an actor would say my god I've done seven years and four movies and it's a space opera, what am I, you know, how much more can I do? And for him to say, uh, you know, he had to, he was convinced that, A, people still wanted to see more of that character, and B, he thought the world needed it, you know. So, both of which, and both of which fans have been saying for ages. Yeah. So, it's just interesting to see CBS corporately and, and um, directionally, vision-wise, vision for Star Trek as a as a thing as a franchise, seeing them recognize that, and now the Kurtzman is obviously the point man who's got who's going to be the new Rick Berman. You know, Gene never got to do that. Gene had one show, and then he had one show, and he had a movie, and then he got kind of dethroned from the movie, yeah. from the politics and the you know the studio stuff hit him, <clears throat> and then he started a new series, but he you know he wasn't he wasn't part of DS9 even, so he only he was like a one. He never got to be a multi-cinematic universe all at once. Yeah. So it was a, it was a lineal straight line. So uh, so good, you know. And Rick Berman was like the baby steps, and then people thought that was something. And now we have these terms for it, and it's the thing of the day. And Star Trek started everybody on this way, and now everybody, all the other franchises are out there except Star Trek, and and now they're a little troubled, Star Wars and some of the others, and wondering what their direction is and what they're doing. And here's Star Trek having a bright light and looking and going boldly, you know, with a plan, apparently. Which we have to see, but just the fact that finally after 20 years of going, why don't you guys do, you can do more than one series, you can do more than two series. It's a big friggin' universe with a lot of eras and a lot of, you know, levels, and you've got, you know, alternate dimensions we got more alternate dimensions than we've ever had so finally seeing that they can get that I was hoping the Tarantino movie would be apparently it's going to be another Quindo and Pine you know Kirk Spot McCoy I guess I guess from what some of the actors were saying I was hoping he was he might do something that was a standalone and then somebody would get the idea to do anthology movies like, you know, do some characters and set it in the Star Trek universe somewhere at some time and do it, tell a story. Not unlike, you know, the fan fiction contests they would do with Pocket over the, the, the Strange New Worlds that they brought back again for the 50th. It's a, 
It was the be it's the best thing ever for like the online, the multiplayer universe, yeah. the M M M M M M, you know, massive multiplayer online. Star Trek was all on film. It wasn't trading cards and comic books. The canon was on film, and yeah. people knew all this richness, and it made a perfect game. And it, you know, they didn't have to invent a lot of stuff. They they do eventually, but anyway, I'm. The Star Trek universe is the biggest, richest, most developed one out there among all the franchises, and CBS and or Paramount ought to be both raking in money and making fans happy. So they should be doing what Disney's doing with these standalone Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now there's this double... Now they're all questioning whether that was the right... I haven't... I'm finally about to see Solo, and I'm not a... You know, I enjoy Star Wars. I'm not a hardcore, you know, whatever, but... I enjoyed, I finally saw Last Jedi, it was fine. Maybe it's because I have distance from Star Wars. I go, okay, and I you know, laughed it a few times, a couple times groaned. But I, I, um, I, hope, I hope they don't reconsider what they're doing you know, in the big picture. Maybe they will. But I, I think it's interesting that they're, they're stumbling and wondering about direction right when Retwek um, seems getting to be kind of clear-eyed and actually the the powers that be letting, you know, giving free reign, letting up on the leash, yeah. right? And whether or not the movie, the movie TV reunion um, can happen under a unified umbrella, that would be great. But until then, they're doing, they're doing the best they can to get to go bold, seems like. All of which got unleashed with the simple news of Patrick and the new series. So I remember you talking about on a different podcast that this vocal 10% was the same vocal 10% that, that came out of the woodwork when Enterprise came out. And I think they're probably the same people that are upset about Discovery. Now, are these the same people that are propping up the Orville and saying that this is true Star Trek? Because they're out there. No, I, no, I know. Well, I was going to say there was also the loud ten percent that said DS Nine was boring. It was the show that it was the Star Trek that didn't go anywhere, you know. And now, you know, start, now they go, oh, DS Nine's the show that's held up the most over the years as a, as a, as an episode. You know. um, no, I like I like the Orville. I mean, you know, Brannon and uh, David Goodman and Andre Bermanis all work on it. Um, some of the behind-the-scenes people. Marvin Rush is the DP, is the director of photography on Orville. Brandon Braga is um, I said that. Yeah, so um, um, I enjoy the Orville. And it's Trek-ish. Trek's obviously what they're kind of... Well, visually, it's a love letter to TNG. TNG, yeah, there's carpet on the walls. <laughs> the, it's a dinky little ship, and it's like the higher regency in space they used to laugh about <laughs> next gen, you know? But um, I, so my feeling with the Orville, here's what I tell people. My feeling with the Orville, it's like I was digging in my closet and I found a brand new pair of slippers, house shoes, that I got for Christmas in 1989 and I put in a box and forgot about and I just dug them out in 2018 and they're brand new and they feel good, but they're from 1989. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll wear them. And, it's, and I feel, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, 12, whatever, whatever age again. But it's, but it's like I wouldn't wear them out in public. I mean, you know, it's like it's for fun and it's goofy and they feel good. But it's, it's not Trek, it's its own universe. 
it uses Trek as an homage, and they're, they've built their own characters. I mean, like, Bordas is a wharf, and, you know, some of the things are... But uh, the memes are the same, but... Um, and it, it's sometimes, you know, but he... And I was, it's a fact that it isn't a fart joke every minute. Was, was I, I was, had a low bar on the pilot, and I was impressed. And they still have, a, you know, the social media episode was, I don't know the titles yet, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, majority Rule. Majority Rule, okay. And the one where they Well, that about, one felt a lot, it could, be, it could have been a TOS episode, that one. Yeah, but see, my thing with the Orville is, it comes off that they're like straddling comedy and drama. And some of the shows had really good themes that were worth it, like that one, like Majority Rule. Majority Rule. The other one where they beam down, um, they're on the Krill ship, and the, the kid, they decide not to blow it up because of the kids. Yeah. They, so, they just, so they just take all the parents hostage, which I'm like going, right, those kids are all going to grow up to love you for kill, you know, killing. And, like, no, they'll, they'll hate you still. They're like, we can't kill the kids. Well, then don't kill the parents because the kids will all grow up hating the people that killed their parents. But anyway, but the one where, um, uh, oh my gosh, her the first officer. Oh, beamed. about a girl? Yeah, the it's almost like the finale or next to last. She beams down and the little girl sees her beaming. And it's like, you know, don't reveal yourself, don't reveal yourself, don't reveal yourself. And she's like, oh, come on, am I a moron? Of course I will, of course I will, of course I will. Whoops, I did a moron thing and I revealed myself and now we upset their development. That's the thing about Orville. It's like if you're going to just be a stupid comedy, be a stupid comedy. When they aspire to better things, which is fine, half the time the initial incident, you know, the inciting incident in the structure is stupid. Like when he humps himself on the statue in Majority <laughs> Rule. They set up this wonderful theme and plot with a stupid, 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 and it's not like he did it for 10 seconds. And when no. He sat up there and went on and on and on and on and on and a crowd gathered. He's that moronic? I know it's a comedy and they're not the best ship in the fleet. But I'm like, that's what hurts. That's what I cringe, even on a comedy. And I go, okay, you got into this wonderful message show by a stupid route. And some people go, what's a comedy? It's like, well then, be a comedy. And you know what, if you're trying to do, you're trying to do something more, and you're happy. I, I totally get it. It's like I admire them. I admire him and uh, Seth MacFarlane and all of them for trying to straddle comedy and drama. That's that's hard. That's difficult. And they're still in their punch. And they got a second season and power to them. And maybe they'll refine that. You know, Mash, switching gears. Switching gears. They would do com. They could do comedy and drama back and forth. Poignant yeah. and stupid. But you know, Mash was Mash. Well, you know, it's funny you should bring that because it. it Last month, it, 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 they go. The whole series is now on Hulu Plus. Which series? Mash. Oh, okay. There you go. So, and I'm doing. I'm, I'm like re-binge watching that, and I'm currently in season four. And you can tell there's a huge tonal shift because you have Colonel Potter in charge, and Wayne Rogers leaves, and they right, replace right, him. Right, right. Trapper John's gone, yeah. and uh, BJ's in, and and Hawkeye is more. Well, he's not as childish anymore. There's right, someone right, to right. ground him. There's, yeah, the the you know the sleep with the nurse jokes aren't quite there so much, and uh, yeah, the the drunk alcoholic jokes and and a lot of things. And I mean, it was goofy and charming, and it, they pulled that out of them. The movie was so subtle because it was a movie. Yeah. And the and 
and they were forced to, you know, it was 1970, 71, and they had to have a laugh track, and they hated that, but they were stuck with it because the network made them do it. And the more clout they got, the more they could have their own way, and they could do the serious shows, and they could, you know, but you gotta, they had to prove themselves, and it, it's like I said a while ago, the, <clears throat> when you're new and a babe and innocent, and you have no power, the bosses are gonna tell you what, the handlers are gonna tell you what to do, but at some point the child becomes the adult, yeah. whether it's the show or the producers or the actors or whatever, and they get the clout to do what they think is best, and that's when things get groundbreaking because you get out of the safe, the safe head speak, the safe space thinking of the group, like a network or a studio or whatever, and, and you either fall flat on your face and bomb, you take a risk, or you do something incredible and people go, wow and get excited. So, you know, Orville might get there. They're already kind of down that way. Discovery might, all these things. But if you don't take the risk, that's the, that's the risk you take of taking a risk and trying something yeah. bigger. And you might fall on your face forever. You might stumble a little bit and, and pick yourself up and go on, metaphorically. And, um, and MASH was able to to pivot and go, and now we think, oh my God, what a groundbreaking show on so many levels. And Alan Alda became a megastar and got the clout to become, you know, he got a you know, producer credit and executive as an actor, like yeah. you see sometimes, and he got the chance to affect the storytelling and the tone. Yeah. So, anyway, but that's how, but that's how TV works. And sometimes fans forget all that, they think what they see on the screen was like what was intended on day one, and they just have a big stamp machine, and they have a conveyor belt, and they just throw things out, and they, when it comes out, oh yeah, that's what we intended nine months ago, you know, or a year and a half ago, that's what we planned. It's like, no, that's what eventually came out of the sausage machine, yeah. you know. With all the best intentions, and maybe the sausage machine gets better, so by the time you're not making sausage, you're, you're your fine cutting you know, filet mignon at the end, but um, but people forget pet fans and their passion forget that, so or they're not used to thinking those ways and they're not aware. So that's yeah, that's all. Boy, we're rambling. My God, Robert, cut me off. What are we doing here? Well, just one more question. Okay. We know in season two of Discovery, we may or may not see Spock. No, if they said they'd cast a Spock. A week okay. or two. Yeah, Comic-Con, I think they said they had cast. Okay. Now, whether it's like a young Spock for a flashback, you know, they're very coy, I think. They're still being coy about but Well, I thought I heard that it was going to be the Spock. We're going to see the development, how we get from Spock from the cage to Spock to where no man has gone before. Well, then, okay, cool. Cool. Okay. I, didn't, I hadn't heard that, but yay. That's what <laughs> I thought I heard. Okay. But... In a later season of Discovery, would you like to see them like bring bring a young McCoy on for one or two episodes? Oh no, I'm asking you if you'd like oh, to see oh. that. Wow. Uh, yeah, I you know I'm goofy me. I want to see his wife and baby Joanna. I, you know I don't know. I'd like to see a teenage. I don't know what you do with the story wise about it, but uh, take the, if that's what if that's what they're going to do with part of their storytelling. Then yeah, that's selfish little McCoy fan me wanting that, you know. Um, or see, or you know, I don't know. It's supposed to be about discovery, so it's like, oh. And meanwhile, there's there's 50 or 100 ships in the fleet. Let's keep checking in on Enterprise. I gotta just see the Discovery crews go. You know, 
I've just got a feeling about that ship. I think I think someday they're going to get their own show. <laughs> you know, I mean, what happened to Philip? Uh, what happened to Dr. Boyce? What happened to Dr. Piper? Why did they have this big turnover? You know, well, actually, it's what eight or ten or twelve years from Boyce to you know, and Piper is, and then yeah, then Piper's like the year before McCoy, but. But anyway, yeah, well, sure, that would be fun if it's done well, and um, if if it's, I don't mind fan service, fan, you know, as long as it fits the story. If if they can invent a cool way to tell a great story, with that element involved, that's great. If it's just, oh look, we put 14 elements together, then okay. Which they can, you know, even Manny's year of Enterprise was dangerously close to that but then he's like my god we had 20 slots two were taken up with the stupid space nazis we only i only had 18 slots to do all these cool stories i'm sorry if i did a, an original series reference every show but you know it's like that's what i wanted to do and i think now most people would say sure fine they didn't get another year he's like i wanted to do everything i wanted to do in that one year so my understanding was if they had gotten the fifth season half of that would have been in the mirror universe <laughs> Yeah, with Shran. <clears throat> they were going to make Shran a regular character, like yeah. Jeff Combs' is Shran. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do half the, mirror, half the year in the Mirror Universe. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So, Robert, how was, <laughs> how was your convention? Robert? Good. <clears throat> Tiring, but good. Yes, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Larry, for for the interview. Oh my gosh! Okay, so ma'am, if you can just introduce yourself and give everyone your thoughts on the convention this year. Hello, my name is Melody Minx, and uh, this is my first convention, and I had a great time. Thumbs up to this. Your first one ever. First one, first one ever. And did, did it live up to the hype? Uh, I don't know that I knew much hype. So I have friends that have come here repeatedly. I'm it was Derek? Yes, how did you know? I interviewed him two years ago. It is Derek. Derek and Sarah Spy told me that this place I must come to because I love a good costume. And here I am. And I like it. I'm coming back next year. I think everybody should try it. It's fun. So we were talking earlier. So were you? Are you a fan of Star Trek? Or? Uh, yes, but I'm not a deep, deep fan. I don't remember names. I don't remember necessarily the episodes. I just enjoy it. So this is a thrill. There is some serious dedication, but there's also like everybody's super like uh, inclusive. I love it. It's fun. You mean with some of the cosplays? Not even just, you can come here in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, this isn't necessarily something that you need to have, like, prosthetics and such. I don't know. It's a little of everything. I like it. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. We're back at the Masquerade Bar. Two years ago, we were here, and you were dressed up. Um, it was bread and circuses. And who are you dressed up as tonight? Uh, today, I'm I'm very I, I'm uh, digging down into the obscurities here, but uh, I'm uh, Captain Raymart of the uh, uh, the USS Antares from 
the uh, original series episode, uh, Charlie X. They were the people dropping off Charlie X. Yes. And I actually have the... Uh, I, I, I can, uh, I can uh, make it... Yes, it's like, here, here's his, uh, here's his, his, uh, his profile, right here. You could tell they were so happy to get, get, get rid of him. Yes. Like, here, Kirk, he's yours. Bye. Yes, yes. And then, uh, yeah, and then 15 minutes later, they're trying to call the Enterprise. We need to talk to you about Charlie X. But, uh, yes, so... So have people gotten your cosplay? One guy got it today. One guy got it. And it was, and, and again, uh, getting into the details of it. So a uh, couple of people would get it, uh, but uh, uh, there was the transitional phase with the uniforms. So uh, the, uh, the Starfleet... Um, uh, I guess what I guess we call them the merchant, the merchant marine, the Starfleet merchant marine uh, that the uh, Antares is part of. They uh, they had so they had they were wearing the old the old style uniforms uh, as far as the collars went, but they also had this is uh, an interesting. We were talking about this earlier today, so they they actually had, but those guys were wearing actually the the rank that the same. Uh, that, that Starfleet was wearing at the time, they didn't. They were not. They didn't have the uh, uh, the solid, the solid uh, 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 braid on the sleeves. They actually had the same Starfleet rank on their sleeves that everybody else had. So it was an interesting mix. So the collars were old. The rank was the same new rank that everybody else was wearing uh, and then and of course they had a different uh, insignia on the chest yeah. and so uh, and that's here they had the, uh, a, a different uh, different rank so what I have on so. okay thank you very much so how did you enjoy the convention this year it was great um, they uh, uh, they did they did a fine job as they uh, as they always do, but uh, yeah, there was uh, a bunch of new people this year, and uh, especially with uh, uh, we noticed that uh, uh, Discovery Discovery brought a new a, a bunch of new people in, and uh, everybody has uh, different opinions about it about Discovery, but uh, 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 they they are bringing in a bunch of new fans and so it's it's great and they and they talked about that in the panel when uh, when the Sonequa and uh, the other the other actors were in Anson Mount and Shazad Latif exactly yes and they they were talking about this they were like yes it's uh, uh, a the Star Trek is uh, sort of a Holistic, bringing constantly bringing new people in, and so yes, you have you so you have people like myself that are uh, uh, original series fans, but at the same time, 
you have at the backside, you have people that are getting brought in that are new, uh, that the new series is, are bringing in series is, is that a word? Serie. I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but, but yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's how it keeps going. And that's fantastic. And, and, uh, some people, some people with discovery are not, uh, there's, I don't want to use the word hate, but, uh, uh, they're, they're, uh, Everybody is not as accepting of the new, uh, of the new uh, flavors, but I am not. I think uh, the 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 new stuff that Discovery is bringing in is fantastic because it's bringing people in, it's bringing new fans in, and when we're we're all gone, those guys are going to keep the the fandom going. And uh, so it's fantastic that those guys are coming in, and uh, that uh, those they, that they are uh, enabling uh, new new fans to come in uh, as, uh, uh, as, as the uh, what am I trying to say? They the next generation. Yes. Oh, that's oh, that's actually very well put. Star Trek: The Next Generation. The Next Generation. Right. right. They uh, yes, because um, eventually the the uh, original series actors are going to be gone, uh, but they 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 are actually doing a very good job of creating new shows that uh, that make new, that make the other people want to be part of the community. Yeah. And so. It's it's fantastic that they are uh, they're bringing them in, and uh, and we are welcome we are welcoming them welcoming them in to be part of the Star Trek community. Here. Okay, thank you very much, Derek. It's great seeing you again this yeah, year. Ilea, if they had done Phase Two. Yes. Am I the first one to get that? You're not the first one to get it, but you're like the only like uh, like three people to get it. But I thought because I've seen like the, what rare test screen test footage they did for Phase Two. I thought they were going to go more '70s with the with the uniforms. That um, they they did that. Uh, the, the only thing she didn't do. And she, uh, she kind of, she was lazy. She ran out of time. Uh, I'm gonna say she's lazy. <laughs> she didn't do the work. She was lazy. Wait, I'll come over for the rebuttal. Just, yeah. I'll come over for the rebuttal. Just bookmark that. She was lazy. She got, <laughs> she, she got, she got 90% there. She was going to do the headpiece as well. But she didn't have enough time. Okay. But but she was going to do it, but the costume is a hundred percent, and uh, and and if she had the headpiece, yes, she would be the Ilea uh, phase two. Uh, okay, so on. now we're gonna come over to Sarah. So all I said was, were you dressed as Ilea if if phase two had actually happened? And he was like, yes. 
Yes, it was. Although, to be fair, we did meet someone that um, explained to us that my fabric was actually only uh, season three, and the phase two was just a little bit shinier than this well, one. Well, it's more seventies from what te the test footage that did exist. Yeah, so like my fabric could have been just like a little bit more improved to be really, really phase three, but I mean, I feel it's really, it's really close. Okay, so your rebuttal to what he said about being lazy. Oh no, that he's a son of a bitch, and I'm not <laughs> as lazy as he thinks I am. <laughs> it's almost five. It's four forty-seven. We hit a forty-seven. Super early in the morning. So, what's your well, I was just most poignant question? What's the one thing you could only ask? Well, I've been asking everyone. What they be, what what their thoughts were of the convention? Oh, it's how can I say it's not amazing? It's fun and super awesome every time I've come here. Now this is gonna sound like a really weird question, but there was someone else doing ILEA this week. It wasn't just you, right? Or was it just you? I I don't I, I don't maybe there was, but I don't think I saw another one that was doing ILEA this weekend. There's no one better. Well, I know next year is going to be your year because it'll be the 40th anniversary of the motion picture. Yes, and I will be here. I will. I will have motion picture phase two and the Iglia probe. And and as we mentioned, by the way, we were talking a moment ago, the headpiece. She didn't have time to do the well, headpiece. Why didn't you build the headpiece? I, I don't have that skill set, but... It's a time constraint as well. Well, you have a whole year. Well, actually, no. now you have 359 days until STLV 2019. Well, then I need to get on that ship. Because <laughs> next year is going to be your year. I hope so. Because next year is all movie anniversaries. It'll be the 40th for the motion picture... The 35th for Search for Spock, the 30th for Final Frontier, the 25th for Generations. Well, you've just convinced me that I need to get on my game for all of this. Because so. you specialize in ILEA. Yes, I have, yes. You are correct, sir. <laughs> Which means Derek has to wear a motion picture uniform. Should, yeah. Okay. I will, I'll take a, a challenge accepted. <laughs> I will. I will have a motion picture outfit next year. Okay. We got it on tape. Whether it happens or not. No, it's going to happen. I'll do it. Or my money back. Or, or actually Sarah's money back and her pizza is free. Yes. <laughs> no, I'll do it. Even if it's Dr. McCoy. I, I'm oh. not Frank Jenks, but if, but, but if I do... He won't grow I'll a beard. beard. I'll have the beard. He, he won't grow the beard, because I've asked him repeatedly about maybe, doing maybe disco bones. Maybe he won't do it. Pretty, I'll, do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do... I will do something... This is my pledge to you. I will do something weird from Star, from Star Trek The Motion Picture next year. Okay. Something that you have never seen before. I will do it, and she'll be here. She'll be the. I she will, of course, be the Ilya probe. 
she will be uh, phase two, and she will be. Uh, uh, what else do we have? Yes. The, the headpiece will definitely be there. So yes, we will. We're gonna we're gonna do you a solid next okay. year. Thank you, Derek. Yes. Now I have an incentive to show up next year. I'm guessing you'll be here, but we will also be here. Okay. So we will all get together, and we will make this. We will make the 40th anniversary happen. Okay, because I will be following social media to see those pictures. Oh. All right. If you, if you want progressive, uh, here's here's how how far we are along on the. Uh, no, no, no. I mean from here next year. Oh no. Well, no, I think I think we will we will give you I think we'll give you progressive taxi on the uh, they don't understand what that means but but uh, no we'll give you progressive uh, uh, instructions on uh, where we're at with those uh, with the costumes. Okay, and you brought your friend. Your friend can do something. Yeah, we might be able to. We might be able to have. Uh, we might be able to have melody. Uh... No, I already spoke. <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to have her do a, a that, motion. That's the best Asher ever. I do that every day. I don't even do this now. I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. She might. She might do a motion picture or something. Oh, all right. Let's do that. Wait, that's what's one happening? Of, one of hers. Oh, you got you got conscripted into a motion picture group oh, cosplay yeah. for next year. We're gonna do. I'll tell you what we're gonna do Fuck next. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. She, hey, she's yes. doing a. Uh, it's okay. I'm not gonna edit out. I know what I'm getting into. She's gonna do a uh, uh, original series costume this yeah. next year. But. Well, she's already doing one. Exeter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Omega Glory. Yes. Yes. She is. But and she's going to do uh, next year. She's gonna do. Uh, Don't tell him. Should I not tell him? Everybody's got to come see it, and you got to come oh, back too. Oh, she wants she wants it to be a surprise. Okay, which season will it be from? Three. Is there no truth in beauty? We're not talking. Apparently, we're not talking. We're not talking. No, no, no! Don't try to do that. The one where Kirk does the thing with the thing, and then Spock had this. Yeah. Hey. And then Kirk does that other thing. And then he, you know. And he makes the computer blow up. Said about something, and then someone else does so, the thing. All right. Wait. Quit, quit trying to do this. Okay. Apparently, she doesn't want to talk about what her surprise costume next year is going to be. But we will get her to do a motion picture costume as well. She could be and Lieutenant Rand. Oh, there's plenty of stuff. She or you could do, do real D cut. The lady that dies in the transporter accident. Who apparently was Kirk's girlfriend if you read the novelization. We will, she will be, I will, that is my commitment to you. Okay, thank you, Derek. I will, I will make her do also, she will have, she will have a motion picture costume as well. Okay. I will make that happen. Or, or Sarah's money back and her pizza is free. Yes. 
So, you're committed, by the way. You're committed, by the way. Did you get that from the bar? No, 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 no. That was mine. And they didn't want it on the bar. You're committed to a also... Besides the other one, it's too early to drink that. Too early. Oh, I the sun is enough. Oh, okay, I'm like, how am I kidding? How was that defining too early? Okay, you win this time, Sarah. I win every time. Ay, ay, isn't it too early to be finishing that off? Don't judge me. I'm not. I'm asking a question about time. Okay, apparently I've lost control of this interview. <laughs> and it happened about 15 minutes ago. You only lost control 15 minutes ago. That's quite impressive. So this is how we're ending this episode of the podcast. Melody randomly walked through the podcast with a drink. And, yeah. Melody's my spirit animal. She's everybody's spirit animal. <laughs> okay. So, I need to get out of here. <laughs> it was great seeing you as always, Derek. Yeah. Great seeing great you again, you. Sarah. It was nice to see you again, too. And it was a pleasure to meet you, Melody. Damn. Lovely to meet you as well. What's your podcast called? I remember, I, didn't I give you my card? No. Let me give you my card. You could just be walking around with a mic. All right, so it's almost 5 a.m. And there's about maybe, I want to say, two dozen people left, the diehards. So, this is Robert Reyes on behalf of literally a cast of thousands the last three days. This has been our coverage of STLV 2018 for the Promenade Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next time.